0: The presenting sponsor of Moon Tower Soccer is FVF Law. To find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm, you can visit FVF.law.
1: Hello, friends, and thanks for listening to Moon Tower Soccer. This week, we'll cover who Austin FC left unprotected in the MLS expansion draft. We'll talk about Austin's next opportunity to sign new players, and we'll also premiere our new spin off, Swoon Tower Soccer. My name is Landon Cottam, and I'm joined as always by Mr. Jeremiah Bentley, who is currently sitting in a hotel room in Orlando, Florida.
0: Yes. Hey, everybody. I'm Jeremiah Bentley. I just sent Landon a picture of my microphone uh, sitting in a leftover cocktail glass from one of this afternoon's (laughs) podcast sodas. So, yes, I'm in Orlando uh, at an insurance conference uh, that has supposedly 6,500 people here. And the rumor on the street, which I believe is that this is probably the place in the United States where the most alcohol is sold during a single week to a whole bunch of a whole bunch of insurance people learning about insurance. And I think one of the most interesting things I'm going to see is tomorrow. They're going to like live stream a surgery. Um, <laughs> so that's that's kind of wild. Just just
1: for entertainment purposes. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. They're going to. Yeah, they'll do it. And then the dog guess the doctor going to explain what they're doing. So I'm going to get to see a knee operation tomorrow morning, which is going to be a real highlight of the trip.
1: Or people are going to be placing bets on the side about what's going to happen next or if he cuts the wrong tendon you know, or whatever. Yeah, that'd be a really bad. Yeah, hopefully things don't go wrong. So we have a very <laughs> public way for them to, for them to go south. I wonder if the person knows that they're, their surgery is being live streamed. Uh,
0: you know, I hope so. I hope that they do. Nope, they, they consented to that. Although I think we're, everybody's knee probably looks almost the same. So I don't think you necessarily will be able to tell once they're inside what it's, what's so it's gonna, like. What's it going to be like?
1: Is that sufficiently anonymized that you don't have to get uh, don't permission. have to get permission from the patient?
0: <laughs> no, don't worry about it. There's just six thousand people watching me cut your knee open <laughs>
1: uh all right before we jump into the content, I wanted to give a quick update about moon tower soccer shirts. All of those have now been sent out uh so please let us know if you have not gotten yours. And I would like to personally apologize for a few of you who did not get your original order. Jeremiah and I are not, we're not uh, e-commerce people. We're, we're just humble podcasters. And so we're doing the best we can. If we ever do it again, we'll, we'll, we have learned a lot of valuable lessons about,
0: (laughs) about about what not to do.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yes. And we'll be better at it next time, but all shirts have been either sent out or delivered by this point. So please reach out and let us know if you have not received yours and we'll be sure to remedy that. All right, let's jump into the Austin FC news, Jeremiah. Uh, So the first bit we wanted to touch on was the half day trade window that happened on uh, this most recent Sunday. Austin FC did not make any moves. Um, Were you surprised by that at
0: all? I was a little bit surprised by that because we've got a lot of roster spots to fill. And I mean, I I didn't expect anything like last year. And I I feel like Charlotte had the kind of day on Sunday also conferences are places where time doesn't exist. So I'm a little bit lost on what day it is, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, they had the kind of day we had Sunday and I, uh, but I thought we would have done, we would have made some move. Were you, were you expecting to see something? I, I think I was, for a while
1: and then kind of remembered like we don't have to fill an entire roster this year and so it's probably not going to look the same as last year and then so i was thinking we'd probably see at least one move done but yeah i wasn't i wasn't super surprised to see none either if that makes sense um i mean yeah like
0: who, who else like nashville had a really busy day right other than charlotte
1: yeah. Nashville sold two international roster spots. I think they've sold four total now, which is really interesting to see the way that they're managing that. And so I think there's a lot of like MLS nerd stuff going on. It's going to be really fascinating to see how those two teams continue their their roster build with Charlotte with two extra international spots and Nashville with only three or four total at this point. So Uh, If you're into your MLS nerdery, definitely bookmark those two pages. Uh, So today, we're recording this on Monday, December 13th. Today, we uh, received the list of players who will be eligible for Charlotte FC's expansion draft. So there are 22 eligible clubs, including Austin FC. Uh, Going through that list... The so Chris Bills actually wrote an article a couple of weeks ago predicting who would be protected and left unprotected, and he absolutely nailed it. He got 100% of his, his picks right. Um, but looking at this list, so I'll, I'll go ahead and read the protected players here. So there was Julio Cascante, Musajite, Cecilio Dominguez, Sebastian Driusi, Diego Fagundes, Jean Kolmanich, Nick Lima, Tomas Pochettino, Rodney Redes, Alex Ring, Johan Romagna, and Brad Stuver. Uh, and then Danny Pereira and Owen Wolf, because of their roster status, were automatically protected, so they didn't need to be placed on that list
0: to be protected. Uh, any any surprises here, Jeremiah? Well, we talked about this last week, maybe, or two weeks ago. You know, I uh, I was an advocate for keeping John Galler and not Rodney Riddis, but I think you did a pretty good job of explaining why, although I think some people, particularly Brian Mangum, didn't necessarily buy <laughs> the logic about why we kept him, but... Um no, somebody I guess it's basically the starting 11 plus Rodney, right? Or our 12 protected players. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in the Rodney Redis thing again, I I was chatting with uh Adam Houghton. I don't I'm not sure how you say his last name, but he's a listener of the show, I believe. Chatting with him in Los Verdes slack and He was like, any predictions before the the rosters come out? And my prediction was Rodney Redis is going to be protected, and some people in this chat are going to be really angry about it. (laughs) And as soon as it came out. Lo and behold. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It was always going to happen, though, right? Because regardless of what you think of Rodney Redis as a player, he still has value as an asset to the club. They could sell him at some point and looking at the players that were left unprotected, that's not something you could say about many of them. They, they have value to the, to the team. Sure. But uh, as far as like fiscal value, most of them do not have much. And so I think it comes simply down to that, that you can sell Rodney Redis and still will expect and hope to sell Rodney Redis on for some real money at some point in the future. Um, Going on to the players who were not protected. So there's, so several players. So there are several players who are included on this unprotected list who are actually no longer under contract. And I think that's a little bit confusing for folks who have not uh closely paid attention to an expansion draft before. And so Jeremiah, tell me if I'm missing any details here. But essentially, they're still on our roster until the end of the calendar year. And also, we still own their MLS rights until that point. And so it's a situation where like Austin FC chose Joe Corona last year, even though his contract was, was ending. That just means we get first, the first chance of negotiating a contract with him. He doesn't have to go through the allocation order. He doesn't have to go through free agency. We get to directly negotiate him with him before anybody else. And so that's why you see people like Kukutamane. Uh, like Ben Sweat, like Aaron Schoenfeld, still on this list. It's because they still could get chosen, and that team, or Charlotte, would get to negotiate with them. But I think it makes it a less likely option for them to get chosen. Uh, there are eight players that are still under contract available for selection. I think there's really only four who have any chance of getting taken at all. And tell me if you have any that you would subtract or add to this list. But I have John Gallagher, number one. I think he's the most likely player to get taken. Uh, number two is Hector Jimenez, um, a versatile MOS veteran. Teams are an expansion team would do well to take someone like him. Uh Andrew Tarbell, they Charlotte did buy uh Cisniega from uh from LAFC, but he's not on a ton of money and And like, wasn't, didn't show enough this year to say that he's going to be the out and out starter. So they might be looking for someone to compete with him. And then Ulysses Segura, kind of for the same reasons I said for Jimenez, uh, just he's been around the league, can play a few different positions, and they might be looking to add someone like him to the roster. Is there anybody else that you would give a shot of getting taken?
0: No, I can't see anybody else from this uh, list of available players getting taken. And that would be, I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised by anybody but Gallagher, I think. Just because, you know, um, you've only got five spots. You know, Jimenez is Jimenez is a veteran and, you know, like a long-term veteran. And I bet Jimenez is a guy that would not be very excited to play somewhere else from what I understand about him and who have talked to, you know. Because you think there's just like with Joe Corona, there's like a player side of that too, to where, you know, you, you want somebody who's like willing to go and willing and, and is going to be excited about it. I know Jimenez had said like if he couldn't play in, columbus he would play for josh wolf and i can't imagine he'd be really excited about taking off and moving somewhere else and then with segura being you know not playing all year i think he would not be super appealing to um you know maybe tar- maybe tarbell goes maybe not that would be it. that would be a favor to austin i think right if tarbell goes would we yeah i mean it would really be happier would. to not have him than have him i think we would be
1: yeah i mean it's it would essentially not that he's terrible it would just free up some some roster uh roster budget space for us so uh yeah that that would be an interesting one to see. Um so another possibility is that Austin essentially tr- makes an agreement with Charlotte for them to pick someone and then trade them to us. I think there's a lot of different options there. Uh, it it really just kind of depends on if Charlotte's willing like looking to make a deal like that and if Austin gives them the right uh the right value for that deal. So really no way to predict what that would be or who it would be, but it could be a way to kind of bring in some of those, those depth spots that, that we're going to need to fill the Kamal um, Miller, the Kamal Miller yeah. style move. Yeah. Yeah. It's the Kamal Miller move, except maybe do it better than that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or maybe we would be the beneficiaries. Yeah, I think we
0: if we're, if we're the, yeah, we were on the other end of that. That would be a great move to make.
1: <laughs> so th- we talked about all the people who might get taken. That being said, I honestly don't think we'll have anybody take it. <laughs> uh Tom Boger tends to agree. He released an article not too long ago, just a couple hours ago, kind of listing what the best available options are, uh like players who have been who were left unprotected. I think he listed probably 20 players or so. Not a single one of them were Austin FC players. So there are a lot of options. Uh there are more teams than there has ever been available to choose from. 22 teams to choose from has not ever happened in MLS before. And so, well, maybe it has, I don't know. I'm not going to do the math, but anyway, there's a lot of players to choose from and some actually pretty good players to choose from. And so they would have to be seeing something very specific and looking for something very specific to land on one of these Austin players, which it is still possible, but I just think with the number of players out there. I don't know that it's super likely that we're going to lose someone. Um, we will find out Tuesday at 6 PM central time. They had not released that time until, uh, early, like Monday morning, Monday afternoon, typical MLS fashion. Also these, uh, these protected lists came out like two hours after the advertised time as well. So, um, Typical MLS fashion, but anyway, the draft is going to happen 6 p.m. on Tuesday. We'll find out if we have a player taken, uh, and if we do or don't, we'll we'll talk about that on next week's show. So, what so this, does the I was going to say? This is ahead. not
0: this is not even the same time, right? Didn't we do it at five? Central? Oh, did we? Last year? I don't I remember. Thought so, I thought I thought I like listened to it on the way home from work. That seems that sounds okay. right. Yeah. So that sounds right, like um, you said. Things always change.
1: Yeah. Uh, So, looking at the rest of the week, so free agency opens on Wednesday, the 15th. So, that's really kind of the next time that Austin could be adding players. We could lose a player on Tuesday. um, Or if we end up doing some weird trade or something, we could end up gaining a player. But, really, free agency on the 15th is going to be the next, uh, the next addition we could expect but even then uh it doesn't like we'll have until the beginning of the season essentially to kind of work out free agency stuff um also the dates for the transfer window are not published anywhere have not been uh advertised anywhere but those are we learned last year about this too that it's kind of a formality right like you can kind of announce these signings and and get everything done except for like their MLS registration like league registration and so we could even start seeing uh some trades from out or it's like some signings from outside of the league coming as soon as Wednesday probably not that soon but maybe which I know everybody's starving for yeah I know we got like like I said before we got kind of spoiled with it last year just like Okay, we're getting close to Christmas. That means we're going to sign fifteen players.
0: <laughs> yeah, we went from two to. Is that what? it's it, probably right. We're from two to almost a full roster over the course of like three weeks. Yeah, it's definitely yeah. a different pace this year. When we'll fill out our fill out the eight spots we have available.
1: Uh, another thing we have to look forward to this week is on also on Wednesday the fifteenth. Uh, the full MLS schedule will be released, so that's when you can kind of start planning away travel, start circling specific dates on the calendar. Uh, so that should be pretty exciting as well. Uh, any other bits of news I'm missing here, Jeremiah?
0: No, I, you know, just, on the schedule, that seems earlier than, well, it's definitely earlier than was last year. Cause last year there were all uh, plenty of things going on with a collective bargaining agreement and a global pandemic and everything else. But I'm, I'm excited to, Know before the end of the year what next year's schedule is going to look like, and I or
1: before three weeks before the season. (laughs) Well,
0: yeah, exactly, exactly. So, yeah, everybody should look forward to. I mean, a more normal twenty twenty one, and I think, I mean, normal twenty twenty two. It still won't be completely that way, right? Because we have to wrap the season up with like the second week in November or something. I guess we'll we'll learn that this week, but because of the World Cup, for those of you that don't always follow this. I guess 2023, maybe the first time we have an MLS schedule. that's like what we have been used to expecting.
1: Yeah, next year, we're going to start early and end early because of the strangely scheduled World Cup. So we'll have to move that around. Um, And then, but also in 2023, we're going to have the, I forget what it's called, but that tournament with Liga MX, where we're taking a, a whole month break in the summer. So it may start earlier and still end later. Than any other year so we might not ever get a normal schedule again
0: yeah well just like with many things mls chaos maybe normality yeah it's all part of it else. yeah it's all part of the beauty
1: uh some other mls news uh my won mls cup in penalty kicks the other day that was a not always a great game but at its best moments an extremely exciting game uh, Ronnie Dyla, NYCFC's coach, got naked and did push-ups at the end of the game, which, again, MLS chaos, you love to see it. But uh, a few days before that, Don Garber gave his State of the League address slash press conference and had some really interesting statements to say about Austin, didn't
0: he? Yeah, he was really, really positive on Austin, and uh, you know he didn't have to talk about it. Um, although I believe it was, was to a question uh, from Chris Bills, right, about Uh, What what happened in Austin? So he said, I think this is talking about pre-court, which I okay. I'll go back a little bit. This is the quote. He says the move to Austin was a traumatic process for Anthony, his family and for Major (laughs) League Soccer, which I feel like was pretty big. A thing to say, Uh, but he I think I think he saw something in Austin as it turned into MLS at its very best. And then he went into more detail specifically about how Austin's MLS at, at its best from fans to the sponsorships to everything else. Um, and then also specifically called out Matthew McConaughey for his involvement in game day, uh, and the club, which amount of controversy on that too. Did you pick up anything else from that article that you think was worth covering?
1: No, I think like MLS at its best. I think that's really high praise from like the top guy in MLS. And I think it's true, but it's like really, it's really cool to see Don Garber saying that explicitly. Uh, regarding the the move to Austin being traumatic on Anthony Precourt, I think that's absolutely true. Uh, I, I think that trying to move the crew to Austin had way more to do with Don Garber and MLS than it did with Anthony Precourt. Um, so I think it's absolutely true that it was, and I think it was way more difficult than they expected it to be. And so I think it was really traumatic for Anthony Precourt. I also think it was a dumb thing for Don Garber to say
0: publicly. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. What's, what's the upside in that? I don't know. I don't know what the win <laughs> out of that is. And I, I do tend to agree with you. I feel like getting a team in Austin was the goal of the league. It has been for a long time. And Anthony Precourt was the vehicle to do it, but I don't know that he was, that he was like the origination of, of the idea. I mean, it came out of the league office. So I, yeah, I'm not sure what he was going for there, but. <laughs> Thanks for making everybody on Big Soccer and Columbus mad and giving us all something to talk about there, Don. <laughs>
1: all right. Anything else we need to cover, Jeremiah?
0: No, I think we got to hit. It was, a, it was a bit of a light news week. I know when we were talking about recording this, we were, I think we were both hoping we would have some player uh, moves to talk about. But I think we've kind of hit yeah. on on what's going on this week.
1: Yeah. So, uh, like I said, we'll probably have some some more stuff to talk about next week. Uh, but the show's not over yet. We are going to take a quick break and then we'll come back with a new kind of our new spin-off segment called Swoon Tower Soccer. We kind of teased this last week, but hadn't recorded it yet. And so I didn't want to say too much because we didn't really know what it's going to look like. But the idea of this is to kind of uh, it, it's going to be all about the boys. And so we're going to kind of focus on some of the more fun, lighthearted stuff that we don't generally have time to talk about on Moon Tower. Uh, We're still kind of playing with what this format is going to be, whether it's going to be just a segment within this show or potentially even being its own show altogether that would just pop up in this feed every once in a while. Um, So let us know after listening if you have any opinions about what that should look like or what you want to hear. And uh, we want to make the goal is to make stuff you want to hear. So um, let us know what you think and and we'll try to make it work for everyone. But. We're going to take a quick break and we will be right back with our, uh, our first ever episode of Swoon Tower Soccer. Is Moon Tower Soccer is brought to you by our friends at FVF Law, the official injury lawyers of Austin FC.
0: FVF is a different kind of personal injury law firm dedicated to community, transparency and client education. And I can report that I saw an FVF billboard uh, on my way to the airport, uh, on the way on the way to Orlando. I thought uh, you were going to say you
1: saw one in Orlando. No, that would wow. that would be
0: wild. No, 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 on, <laughs> on the airport on the way. And so I guess they're, um, but uh, but it wasn't like an angry guy with the crossed arms on top of a car. But it was it was, it was about uh, it was about their support of the community. So again, I appreciate the fact that they do things differently uh, than any other billboard lawyer I have seen both in Austin and in Orlando here. I've seen plenty of those, too.
1: (laughs) I bet Orlando takes it to another level.
0: They do. lots of Florida man here.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, you can go to FVF.law to find out what makes FVF a different kind of injury law firm and why understanding your legal options can dramatically change the outcome of a case. Once again, that's FVF.law. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening to Swoon Tower Soccer, a show that's all about the boys. I am joined today by Steph Cragnola and Mike Ellison, the podcasting wonder couple. Guys, thanks so much for joining me. And uh, first of all, Steph, did I say your last name right?
2: No, nah, but it's it's OK. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: how do you say it?
2: Cragnola it's Crignola. like the yeah Proper the and, Italiano. Like, lasagna. yeah exactly
1: yeah you okay. got to do
3: the hand motion too uh you were right with that yeah yep.
1: there you go those <laughs> those watching at home nobody we're not recording the video uh so this is swoon tower soccer this is a, a slightly different take on our normal show and by slightly i mean completely different take <laughs> on our normal show but uh Mike, do you want to kind of tell us why like why and how this show came about?
3: Yeah, sure. Uh so Steph and I love the boys. Uh a whole lot. They're good they're good good boys and one of the things that we feel like is really missing from the discourse out there. Uh you know, we got a lot of uh hot takes. We got a lot of the Zeitgeist. We got a lot of statistical analysis out there but the question that I have is, what about the boys, Landon? What about the boys? What about those sweet boys that we all love so very much? I want to know about them.
1: Yeah, I I, I remember talking to you at my birthday party, which yep. was the first time I met you in person. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Uh, which and... was a
3: great invite, by the way. Uh, <laughs> if anyone out there is like... Oh hey, I'd like to be friends with someone. Invite them to your birthday party. <laughs> it's
1: not weird. Uh, it's actually cool. It feels really nice. Yeah. So we try to include some boys' content on Moon Tower Soccer, but we we only have so many minutes in the in a week to talk about it, and we usually end up with a long list of stuff that we don't have time to get to, and so uh, having like this extra space to, j- to just. Get it all out at once is going to be excellent. So I know that that you both uh, were telling me earlier this week that there's like moments that you that you saw throughout uh, throughout the the season that kind of inspired these ideas or, or this idea of like doing a boys a boys centric show. And so what are some of your your favorite boys moments of the season?
2: Uh, yeah, so I, I love watching soccer, but I'm not gonna lie. I all of the tactical stuff kind of just goes over my head. I'm learning, uh, but I just I pick up more on their attitudes on the pitch and when they get a little spicy, those are my favorite moments. And there was a match that Mike couldn't make it to and I was there with a couple of girlfriends and we were just screaming. It was when, when Brad Stuver elbowed someone in the chest, And then just didn't get carded for it at all. And (laughs) that whole match was so, I mean, I don't even remember what happened in the soccer. But I remember that match because all we could talk about was how spicy and how feisty the boys were. And that was kind of, as I was recapping the match with Mike, who was not there live, it was all I could talk about. And that (laughs) wasn't very helpful to him, but it was very fun for me. So that was kind of, um, that match is really when I was like, this is, this is the part of soccer that I am very knowledgeable, expert level about attitudes.
1: Yeah. uh, There there are many ways to enjoy soccer. Yeah. I remember she got home from the match
3: and I had been doing something. I had to work on a project or, I don't know. I don't know. I just missed it. And it, it was terrible. And I was like, so what happened? And she was like, oh, my God, it was so spicy. The boys, they wanted it tonight. You know, like it wasn't uh, it wasn't a, a, a good match, but you could tell they were really after it. And I was like, yeah, but what happened? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it was the match we lost four three um, where all like it was back and forth the whole time. Um, Vancouver, I think it was.
1: Uh, I think it was San Jose. San Jose, yes, that is exactly when who it was. Stuver wrecked a dude. Yeah. Then, yeah, that's the
2: part that I remember the most. And then, oh, and then Alex someone Rain pulled up someone too, by their he? like jersey up from the ground because he was rolling around on the ground from San oh, Jose.
1: Because yeah, Cascante rolled a guy off the field, yes. and then yes. he rolled back on <laughs> to try to delay. Yes, yeah, and that, all the memes.
2: That I think is one of my favorite moments from the season.
1: And that so, was kind of a turning point in the season for me when I was like, no more expectations. Like, I know we lost that game when we probably shouldn't have, but I had a <laughs> blast that game. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. I know a lot of people were like saying, this is one of the worst games all year. I was like, "Really? No. I had a lot of fun at that. One.
3: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think that's a perspective that like we tend to lose when we only focus on, you know, the the performance on the field or the tactical like whatever right um, for me there was a moment after, after Owen Wolf was signed as our first homegrown player and everyone was so mad on the internet about what a homegrown <laughs> player is and like all I could think about was Landon do you think Owen Wolf goes home like after school and Or like after practice and his dad like just doesn't let up about it. You know, like, do you think do you think Josh is like a sports dad where he's like, you know, son, you could have made that extra pass today in practice, like at the dinner table and poor Mrs. Wolf is sitting there like, oh, my God, why? Like
1: I you would have to think he is right. He's got to be. But also I don't know enough about Mrs. Wolf to know if she would allow that (laughs) Uh, because she might like put her foot down on that kind of stuff. But also like he's probably not at home a lot either. So maybe like there's only like so many free moments in the day that they don't get around to talking about. Uh, the bad pass that Owen made in practice.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I like we, we are just two people, and we both have full time jobs, and it is rare that we're sitting around a dinner table, like in just our lives. Imagining like at that MLS level, I don't think uh, 7 p.m. dinner time is something that maybe necessarily happens.
3: No way. I could they, be wrong. They both drove drive home from the stadium to or from from the practice center <laughs> together. Uh, you know, the car ride is super quiet. <laughs> I thought uh, you were going
1: to say they drove in separate cars.
3: <laughs> <laughs> not yet. He's only 16. He doesn't have a
2: license. That's how old you have to be to get a license.
1: Permit first, I think in Texas, he's right?
3: 16.
2: 16 is a license everywhere.
3: Oh, man. That's even worse. They get in different cars. They drive home. <laughs> and then, like, at dinner, right, Mrs. Wolf is like, so, how was work? And Josh, like, has to, like, hold it in, not to, like, be like... Let me tell you about what your son did. <laughs> you know? Uh, and like, he's such a, like, Owen Wolf is such a 16 year old boy as a, like, as a sub. Cause we sit in 107. Yeah. And so we see all the subs hanging out uh, while they're like doing their drills and stuff. Uh, Owen and Lil Sebastian were like best friends.
2: And total hams. They are turning to the crowd. They're catching, you know, winks and waves. And they know that they're stretching and warming up and doing whatever they are, like, right in front of people. And the two of them play it up so much. And it is so fun to watch.
3: And, like... (laughs) That's the stuff that I wanted to talk about, right? Like, uh, everybody loves the stretching. Everybody loves the stretching. But it's the like it's the cute stuff uh, that happens in addition to that, right? Uh, the season ticket holder who sits right next to us is obsessed with Johan. Uh, and every time he comes over to the sideline to warm up, she's screaming his name. And finally, one day, he looked at her, and I thought she was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> and so like Marilyn this podcast is for you. Like
1: <laughs> this one goes out to you Marilyn. <laughs> All right, so the next thing we're going to do is do a bit of a social media roundup and kind of catch up with uh catch up with the boys what they've been up to since the season has been over. So, who wants to start? Who's got a a recap for us?
2: You're first on the list. Why don't you take it away?
1: All right. Uh, The first thing I want to talk
3: about is Kakuta Mane at a fashion show. Did y'all see this?
1: I did not see this. I tried to go back and look at his Instagram, and it must have been in stories. It was a story. Yeah,
3: it was a story. So it was on like a Sunday afternoon or something. He posted the story of him like watching fashion models walk down the domain (laughs) like apparently they blocked off street like one of the roads in the domain or whatever and they were having a fashion show down in front of lululemon and stuff and like it was just such a weird like uh, of the players that are on our team kakuta is the last person that i would have assumed to be at a fashion show (laughs) Like, Julio Cascante makes perfect sense. Dude is always, like, top-tier dressed on the team, right? Absolutely. Uh, Jean Kolmanich, I would have totally pegged as, like, uh, the type to be at a fashion show. Uh, It just feels so European and cool. Uh, Kakuta, though, like, good on him, uh, but it just (laughs) (laughs) would never have guessed. He strikes me as a dude who, like, yeah, I shop at, like, I don't know, on
2: Like, <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, it was just so. It was such a weird moment that I was like, "Oh, we got to talk about this on Spoon Tower." Like,
2: <laughs> I think it also for me is that they're all so. I know that you know a random fashion show in the domain isn't like uh, normal people level of Friday afternoon activity, but what I love about f- having followed all their social medias is that they're just normal people. They're just I mean, I know that they're high level elite athletes, but they are so silly and goofy and normal. And that was the first thing that I wanted to talk about was if you're if you're done with fashion, Mike.
3: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh I just all I can picture in my head when I picture Kakudamane trying on clothes is going to like the Tyler's outlet on North Lamar. <laughs> you know, like He's like, he just like, I also, to be fair, I also picture him driving like a Toyota Camry. So I don't know. Maybe I've just got a very specific picture of a person in my head and Kakuda is that, uh, but I don't know.
1: Kakuta, he was making like, like 350,000 a couple years ago.
3: Sure. I just still picture him driving a Camry. <laughs> uh, Kakuda. if you're listening, get at me. What are you driving these days? Uh, thanks, man. Just curious.
2: Um. Yeah, so my, my favorite thing is Danny Pereira's Twitter, because it's just his whole Twitter, his whole Twitter presence, because it is <laughs> the most normal, average person use of Twitter of anyone. You know, a, a lot of the players are, this team means so much to me, this about the team, this about the match, this about playing, this about... Soccer. And all of his posts, most of his posts are soccer related, but they're just all retweets. No, no, like quote tweets. (laughs) He just retweets everything that he sees. Random TikTok videos, a picture of a little otter holding. uh, There's a picture of an otter holding his hand under the like a a plexiglass and a man (laughs) holding the little otter's hand. Mike had sent that picture meme, whatever it was to me the other day. It's just <laughs> such a normal uh, thing and Danny Pereira shared it out on Twitter. like all of his tweets are just normal young 20s retweets.
3: Yeah, terminally com- com- online 20 year old like <laughs> yeah. complaining about his Chipotle order. That's my favorite drama of the entire season Landon <laughs> honest to God.
2: I didn't know if that was too long ago to talk about in the off season. <laughs>
3: The the Danny Pereira eats at Chipotle in Austin saga is my favorite thing. Um, Soccer I'll, players
1: love Chipotle. Athletes love Chipotle.
3: I get it in other places, right? That makes perfect sense. Uh, in Austin, to go to Chipotle feels like a crime. <laughs> 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 like there are so many burritos that you could be eating, Danny. Freebirds is right there i don't
1: think it's about the burritos it's about the like the rice bowl thing because they know they can get like x amount of calories with x amount of carbs and protein
2: and there's something to be said for consistency too like if they're coming from places that only had chipotle i mean that was chipotle rice bowl rice burrito bowl was all i ate for <laughs> <laughs> like a couple of years um Not because I was a high-level athlete, but because I have food allergies and that was all I could eat. (laughs) Um, But there's something, there's a comfort in knowing. I know exactly how many calories is in this. I know exactly what it's going to taste like. There are going to be no surprises. I can get it fast. I can go in, go out. They know everything about me. Uh, Just let me get my Chipotle and go home and eat it on my couch. (laughs) Like... Well, and there's he a story
1: came... about Christian Pulisic driving two hours from when he was in Dortmund, driving for two hours to go to the nearest Chipotle and like met up with what uh, is an American guy that was playing at Schalke, I think. And they met up somewhere in the like drove two hours together to go to the nearest Chipotle. That's amazing. Feels
2: worth it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, my
3: my thought on Danny Pereira's Twitter is that, like, he's still young enough not to have Mm -hmm. a social media handler, you know? uh, But, like, also is getting to the point where maybe he should. Um, (laughs) No way. Don't rein that in. My favorite thing that he does, though, that, like, is really touching and sweet is, like, he's always retweeting his high school and college, uh, like, soccer teams. Like, whenever they do something... He's hitting that RT on it. He's hitting the like, you know, Uh, that to me is just really, really sweet to stay in touch with Virginia Tech and wherever he went to high school.
1: Uh, Yeah, whenever whenever we uh, picked him in the draft, I was just trying to find stuff online about him. And um, I found an interview that he did with the coaches of his club team back in Virginia. And so I, I think he really does have a lot of love for those those guys, because like, Came over as, I, I believe his family came over as asylum seekers from Venezuela. So to go from that situation in his life to becoming a professional athlete, and like you think about it, in, like how I don't know how long ago, eight months ago, nine months ago, he was a college kid. Yeah. yeah. That was like just happy to be in college pretty yeah. much. Like, He's like, I'm, I'm getting to go to college for free. This is amazing, <laughs> and now he's a professional athlete. And so, yeah, I think it makes sense that his, his Twitter feed looks the way it does.
2: Yeah, and I mean, I, I teach high school, uh, and the way that, it just, it reads so young and so like genuine, uh, genuine, old high school, young college, kid. And yeah. I, that's the kind of behavior that I see in my kids, just the things that they share and the things that they they do. Um, I don't know. I don't follow any of them on the Internet. They don't know that I know the Internet exists, but <laughs> <laughs> the way that they operate, it just is so wholesome to me that this, you know, sweet little kid is just out there retweeting his best life. So
1: good. Uh, do, do either of you have any other highlights from off-season social media? Oh, I think we got to talk about the tattoo, right, Landon? We oh, gotta... which tattoo? There's so many to choose from. <laughs> the
3: tattoo. Sebastian Driussi's River big Plate tattoo. tattoo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the 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 most recent Driussi tattoo. I feel like we've got to talk about it. Uh, I don't All know right. what there is to say other than, yeah, a pro player on our team has a tattoo from the club that he grew up loving.
1: Um
2: I but think but that's I know great. I'm, I think good. How for do him. y'all feel
1: about it? I know some people in town got got upset about it. Yeah, there was a lot of people that got upset about it, and
3: I get it. Um, I I would be more upset about it if C <laughs> hadn't just gotten here in June, in July, right? Uh, if he had, I don't know, come up through the academy, or like if he if we had had a team for more than a year. Uh, that he had been a part of, I might be like, oh, that's a weird thing to post about. Uh, but like, he's been here six months. I guess that puts him in like the top 25% of people in Austin, but like, <laughs> it still feels uh, like there's plenty of time for him to get the oaks, you
1: know? Uh, I think to me, the reason why I'm okay with it is because of the club that it is. Sure. Because. River Plate is like a, a a big deal period, but to Argentines, yeah. It is like it's one of a handful of clubs that you grow up and that's like part of your DNA, whether you play for that team or not.
3: Well and, and like So he... the
1: fact that he got to play for that team and that's the team that kind of sprung his career. Argentine people like it's in. It's part of their blood. If you're a yeah. soccer person from Argentina, like River Plate, no matter where he could be at Barcelona, and right. River Plate would be his favorite club. Like, also,
2: we're not competing against them. <laughs> like this is not a direct comp. He didn't get you know uh, the Columbus Crew <laughs> crest on his yeah. ankle. You know, like I think that would be more of a, a thing if it was another MLS club or anything else. You know, if I was allowed to get a tattoo at 15, I would have a tattoo of Michelle Kwan. It's not, you know, it's like, that's when you have something that has inspired you so much and is your number one idol in a sport or your number one conceptual idol, I guess, uh, inhuman idol. Uh, I think that it's totally fine. That's something that's important to him. And like you said, it's in his DNA as a player and as as a fan of a sport. And I think a lot of times... People forget that professional athletes can also be fans of the sports that they play.
3: Yeah, it's like a it's a really humanizing thing to be like, yeah, those are that's, you know, uh, that's my dad's club. Right. Like, that's my my grandpa's club. That's my great grandpa's club. Uh, and so, yeah, for me, I'm fine with it. Uh, but right, I also Steph. like, yeah. If he leaves us uh, in January for River Plate, uh, let's re-record and <laughs> f- him forever, and we're gonna bury him.
2: Uh. Aggressive.
1: Steph, you I I see on the notes your last point here is about Diego. We have we have to mention Diego, right? We have, to. have to.
2: I always have to mention Diego. It's in my it's in my contract. Um, every episode, I will be mentioning Diego. Uh, okay, first of all, I follow Diego on Twitch. Um, I don't like video games. I don't like video game streams. And Diego's not a particularly good streamer. He's actually a pretty bad streamer. <laughs> um sorry, Diego. Um
3: wow. going after. I know.
2: But his auto like stream deck auto tweet is let's get some wins. And it just makes me a It just is so funny to me because, yeah, what else is he going to do in his off time besides stream video games? And it's so fun to watch, even though I'm not really invested in the game. Um, I just love how uh, wild the chat's going about Diego and then one person will say something about the game and he'll, like, latch on (laughs) to that. And it's just such a wholesome experience to watch him stream on Twitch and just that he does it at all. And, you know... As small content creators, me and Mike, we are like, oh, yeah, we had 25 viewers on Twitch last night. Like, that was a good night for us. And Diego's got, you know, 30, maybe? <laughs> at, his, at his... Like peaks? peaks? Yeah, And I'm like, okay. All right. I feel like if we're on a Diego level of, of stream numbers for our random <laughs> d d streams, like, I'll take that. I'll I'll take that gladly
1: yeah you're talking about them being humans Mm -hmm. you also get reminded occasionally that a lot of them are like little boys
3: yes yes exactly yes yeah uh i always forget that diego is 26 years old (laughs) because like uh i'm from massachusetts i moved down here to austin in 2013 uh so i had had a handful of years of Diego Fagunda's on the Revs when I lived in Massachusetts already. Uh, You know, we grew like he grew up in the town next to mine. Uh, So one night he missed a revolution match and they put his like prom picture up on the like Jumbotron (laughs) to explain where he was. And it was just so cute. Uh, But also like, oh, right. He is 17 or whatever at the time, you know um and so when i watch him play games it's so like you're saying like it's like oh yeah no he is he is a young man um and one of the things that i think is coolest about diego on twitch is when he just like oh you want to play yeah what's your username and then he'll just like (laughs) pull somebody from the chat to play games I, i think that's so fun i think that's awesome um but yeah he is uh He's funny on Twitch. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Landon, if you've gotten a chance to watch him.
1: I haven't seen it. I don't spend a lot of time on Twitch. So
3: (laughs) he plays a lot with Brad Knighton from the Revs. Okay. Uh, And so, like, you can tell that they want to talk. They want to talk about that happened, like on, like in the locker room or whatever. Every once in a while, like Brad will be like, "Oh yeah, that." And then he'll stop like, <laughs> and so it's really funny to see them remember like, Oh, we're streaming. Like people we're... are listening. to, Yeah. Us. yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but every once in a while, one of them will throw something at the other that, that like references something that they could get in trouble for talking about. Uh, and it's just so
1: <laughs> funny. So speaking on the same, like the same vein of like the players being human, I wanted to touch on Cecilia Dominguez. So he went and spent some time in Mexico pretty much as soon as the season was over, which he yep. lived there for a few years, and it's also just an amazing place to visit. So he was just down there eating the food and, and catching some vibes in Mexico, and then I saw a story on his Instagram the other day of him riding a mechanical bull so in Asuncion, awesome. which I can't imagine that uh, that Josh Wolf or any of the technical <laughs> staff at Austin FC would approve of. But there was a – this was a post from during the season that he posted. I think they are either renting a, a house or bought like a – what looks like a pretty nice house. And it was him and his wife and his little boy, which is probably like six or seven years old. And they were just like hanging out in the living room playing board games or something. And you could see in the background that there like wasn't anything on the walls yet or anything. Yeah. And that was just, like, a moment that, like, really humanized him. He was like, he's he's also, like, 27 years old, right? Yeah. 26, 27. And so he's like, I remember moving into an apartment when I was 26 or 27 and, like, trying to figure out what to do. And he's there with his, his wife and his little kid. And they're just, like, playing games on the floor because they don't have a table yet. <laughs> and it was just, like, uh, I think Cecilio has the... I think people see him as kind of like the rock star guy of the group. Like he's like wants the attention and and has the the big cool hair and kind of has an attitude a little bit on the field. But then he's also just like this young young dad who's like
2: (laughs) trying to take care of his
1: family
3: are
2: so sweet.
1: (laughs) His
3: dad posts are the like. I want, Ceci- Cecilio, if you're listening, I want you to be my dad. <laughs> uh, I don't know if you're interested in adopting a 37-year-old man, <laughs> uh, but if so, uh, tweet at me. Uh, <laughs> like, he just seems like such a good dad. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the post where, like, his son's asleep on him as they're watching, like, kids' cartoons and stuff, like, it's just all so heartwarming. Uh And then because of where we sit, like he's got a whole crew in 108 that are always there. Like they've, they've all got Cecilio shirts. They're all sitting in the very front row. They're always cheering him on. And he runs over at the end of all the matches to like, (laughs) thank them for being there and like give hugs and stuff. And it's just, it's so sweet to see him like trying to put down roots, right? Um, in a way that like a lot of the players maybe aren't quite the same, you know? Uh, I think the Stuvers do incredible work here, obviously. Right. Like their roots are like pretty established. Um, Diego's got roots here, but like, Cecilio's building out like a support system it looks like uh with the folks in 108 um I don't know if they're like if those are tickets that he gets them or if they just like are neighbors or whatever right <laughs> um but they've clearly got a relationship and so uh it's just really cool to see that really heartwarming um cuz yeah I think you're right Landon I think people people expect so much uh superstar out of cecilio and he's a dad hoping to like make friends it looks like
1: (laughs) all right so i didn't tell you guys about this beforehand but i just dropped a list of names in the chat okay these are the play the austin fc players who were released from the club Mm -hmm. whose options weren't picked up their loans weren't renewed so we've done this several times on Moon Tower Soccer of who is the most handsome boy on the team. Um, a, who are your picks for that? I don't think we have that on record. Uh, we
3: don't. We have don't.
2: That. It's Driusi.
1: Yeah, I
3: mean, I think this was a competition before Driusi
2: came. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. And now it's just—it's <laughs> not anymore. Yeah. yeah, I would say I would say Romania.
1: Oh.
3: He gives
2: Driussi a run for his money. Um, yeah.
3: Yeah. Uh, Romagna is
1: ridiculously hot. Uh, it's kind of a fight for second place after yes, Driussi yeah. joins, though. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Okay. So the list of names I just dropped in the chat is the <laughs> the outgoing players. Who is the most handsome outgoing player that will not be on the team next year?
3: This is a great question, Landon. Uh, and I really appreciate that you brought it, uh, so that I could talk about Ben Sweat. Uh, All right, That's I think a
1: sleeper pick there.
3: I think Ben Sweat is an underrated attractive man. Um, I, there's something about like uh, I like a guy with uh, kind of like a nose on him. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Like I also think young Ben Sweat uh, did not work. I think
2: didn't <laughs> work. I think
3: I think older Ben Sweat uh, and the older he gets, I think he I think he will age like fine wine. Uh, I think I think Ben Sweat is the pick ten years from now for sure. Uh, in the meantime, I think there are a few folks over him, uh, but I'm going long term here, Landon. I'm locking up a long term deal.
1: I think Ben Sweat goes into the the same category as um, as Matt Beazler. Oh, I didn't include Matt Beazler on this list. He's oh, available yeah. to pick too. Sorry, I, I messed that up. But I put them in the same category as like like moms would think they're
0: handsome.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Beazler
3: strikes me very much as like a uh, he's a he's an Applebee's ten. <laughs> you know what i mean like yes <laughs> matt Beasley is the hottest guy to walk into a chain restaurant for sure
2: this is really hard i don't know if i have an answer for you
1: you have to
3: you i have know to
2: pick. i i don't really want to they're have all... you ever
1: seen aaron schoenfeld's eyes
2: um like in my nightmares
1: <laughs> you don't like them no they're like a bizarre, like icy blue.
2: Color. He looks like an actor. He looks like <laughs> he
1: but looks I don't like, know
2: what actor. He looks like a villain in uh in a in a Christmas movie.
1: <laughs> He's got a little bit of like Dolph Lundgren to him. Yeah. Maybe
2: that's who it is.
1: Uh, <laughs> I was gonna say, um
3: who's the hot guy from season one of American Horror Story? Um and he was Quicksilver in the Marvel Universe.
2: Oh, he doesn't look like that guy.
3: Uh, Evan Peters, is that... He looks like <laughs> Evan Peters and Tony Hawk
1: put together. Um, <laughs> there is some Tony Hawk there, there?
3: Yeah, there
2: is some Tony Hawk. Um, uh,
1: I, I, I think Jared Stroud has to get a shout here. Ugh, no offense
3: to Jared Stroud. You're uh, not a Jared Stroud fan? I am not a Jolly J Tweets uh, fan. <laughs> um, just his... I taught, or I worked at a summer camp in uh, Western Massachusetts for five years, um, and he looks like a lot of my campers. (laughs) Uh, And so that's my uh, that's my full opinion.
2: Who did you pick, Mike? Uh, Yeah, I
3: picked Ben Sweat, Steph.
2: Yeah, I'm I'm really struggling with this. I think I'm gonna have to go. Oh my God. I don't know. I'm trying to decide between Kakuta and Aiden Stanley, who looks like a hooligan in every Irish uh, film, which is like, I, I think, to... what I like about him. Like, he looks like he's okay. going to get in a fight.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't give uh, the little Sebastian pick. Uh, but I know. I know. He is a very popular pick among a subset of my friends, um, most of whom have to Google to make sure that he is of age. <laughs> and so maybe that's maybe there's that element uh, to Little so, Sebastian.
1: I feel like regardless of uh, level of attractiveness, Little Sebastian is going to be as far as like swoon tower content mm-hmm. goes. Little Sebastian is a major loss. He will yeah. be
2: missed.
3: Massive.
1: Uh, yeah. His personality contributed to a lot of our favorite
3: moments uh if not his play on the field uh which uh contributed to a lot of my less favorite moments
1: (laughs) um i sit opposite i sit on the east side of the stadium so i don't i don't get the the up close like sideline views that you got but i can (laughs) imagine just like little sebastian and danny uh hanging out while warming up and like kind of talking to each other I, i imagine there'd be lots of magic there
2: it's very fun to watch. It's very sweet. It,
3: it it would not have ever surprised me if like all of a sudden everything became like sepia toned and they started playing like jacks or something. I don't know. They just had
1: like a real boyhood <laughs> like friendship kind of feeling going on, you know? Uh which was which is captured in that uh that the Austin FC social media content sponsored yeah. by whatever car company, I don't yes. remember which one it was, but that was like Prime boys content was yes, it? It just
3: yeah. That was that was honest to god. I I like looked at Steph and I said they made us something. <laughs> like they made Swoon Tower our own advertisement. <laughs> like this is it. This is the content. It's soccer players and cars talking about becoming family. That's all I want.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people's favorite part was when they were talking about who was the best driver. <gasps> on the team so cute and, and the answer was like probably one of the dads, I of think the Danny dads. Said. <laughs> oh. and then my favorite moment from the whole thing was they were like kind of ribbing each other about like wh- which player on the team would you least want your sister to marry and they both like said each other and then they kind of like like <laughs> took a turn like, actually yeah. I'd, no, I'd want you to be part of your guy. family and then and then uh little Sebastian is, like, looking across the car with, like, a Muppet smile on his face. So, yeah, says, both of
3: them, like... Actually,
1: ha- <laughs> I-, I would want you to be in my family. You're a great guy.
3: You're yeah. a great guy. <laughs> Just so sweet and pure. Uh, yeah, it was... Oh, I love that. So touching.
1: <laughs> so here's here's our tribute to little Sebastian. That's you right. will be missed. Yeah. Uh, we well fa- farewell, we hardly knew you
3: <laughs> <laughs> it's true uh, there's still time, you know uh he could come back one day um i won't uh I won't jinx us with any uh predictions on why, but you never know, right um, I will say it's been interesting seeing which of the players is like getting back to work, oh and wh- yeah, and which of the players are. Still riding mechanical bulls in Paraguay.
1: <laughs> Musajite has been doing weird, uh, like, jumping over <laughs> poles and then sliding under him on his back. And then there's another one of him uh, exercising in the, in the ocean. Did yeah. you yep. catch that one? Yep. Oh, the exercise guy holding, man, like... like... <laughs> and just running through waves, but not moving, like, in place.
3: Oh, my God. <laughs> like...
1: I, I'm not sure how effective any of these exercises are, or, like, how... Uh, energy efficient they are but they look great I, on Instagram. I, I'm enjoying them they yeah, look awesome it Keep it on Instagram
3: yeah um and then Alex Ring also posting a bunch of thirst traps uh oh, yeah. in Instagram videos uh for his stories.
1: That's my captain right there. Uh, oh,
3: <laughs> once I saw those once I saw those thighs are you kidding? <laughs> oh captain my captain let's go like woo. yeah uh Alex Ring became a favorite follow very quickly, uh with these off season <laughs> videos. He's pretty boring during the regular season.
1: <laughs> you, the the trick for Ring is you gotta follow his wife to get to get like the best boys' content. The content because she posts a lot of cute videos of their of their little girls and like gets Alex in there sometimes. But it's mostly like kid like cute kid content yeah, yeah. there. But she's like a she's like a Finnish influencer. She was an athlete as well. And now she's like, I don't know if she does other work or if she's like influencer slash soccer mom.
2: (laughs) I love the idea of calling a professional soccer player's wife that they have kids together a soccer mom. (laughs) Amazing.
3: Yeah. In in England, they have wags right here. We have soccer moms. That feels that feels so real.
1: (laughs) Okay, I think we are running out of time. Is there any other boys' content that we need to cover before we wrap up?
2: Uh, just a little rest in pieces to Cecilio's hair.
1: Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: That's it.
2: That's all I got. I'm not over it,
3: yeah, no uh I'm mostly still upset that Steph and I made the same uh reverse Samson joke at the same time, uh sitting next <laughs> to each other in very different places. I posted mine in the los verdes uh handsome Boys Club, and Steph posted hers on Twitter, so like hers is still around. uh mine is lost to the to the ether, but man,
1: it just shows that you guys are meant to be. <laughs>
2: Landon, thank you so much for having us on.
1: Yeah, of course. So tell our listeners what else you guys are up to and where they can find your content.
2: Yeah, so we've got a few different shows between us and you can find them all if you're interested in Dungeons & Dragons, Shakespeare, Pokemon, Survivor, uh, general chat show. You can find it all on the Serious Business Network Instagram at SRSBIZ underscore network or um, at my Twitter at Kruggles.
3: Yeah, and I'm at future X skeleton uh because one day I will die and become a skeleton. Uh but until then I'll be doing podcasts. Uh, yeah, we do we do a fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons podcast called Adventure Incorporated uh, and I am also uh a Pokemon expert uh sometimes. I Landon, I don't know anything about Pokemon. I just make it all up. Uh But you can find that at at Pokedexpert. Um, I have
1: listened to the the D&D podcast, which is very, very good. I've also checked out a few episodes of In Edition, which is kind of like a friends hanging out talking about stuff show, which is also very entertaining. I have not listened to the Pokemon one yet, so I need to get (laughs) in on that. But yeah, listeners definitely check out their other shows. They have they have a, a flavor for for all palettes. <laughs> uh like with all the different shows that they do so definitely check those out but um it also we're going to try to do this again in the future so listeners if you have uh other ideas that would be good good uh good swoon tower content then let us know and we'll try to work some of that in cuz there's as you all know already the content is endless it's just a matter of picking picking the which ones we're going to talk about and how to package those things and then we also like to give a thanks to Joel Corral just for existing and being amazing, but also he heard us tease Swoon Tower on the last episode of Moon Tower, and he actually made us a new logo for it without us even asking him about it or saying anything, and it's absolutely perfect. It couldn't be better. Honestly, could not be better. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So we'll be posting that to social media, and then I'll try to make it the, the logo for just this episode as well, but... Uh, yeah, it, I look forward to to you all seeing it. But all right, I think it's time to wrap up. Steph, Mike, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, I can't wait to do this again. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Thank all right, you. thank you. Bye.
3: Well, you love saying, Kim, just a little too late. You know, I did not mean. Need-
1: all right we want to thank steph and mike one more time for joining us to uh to do our first episode of swoon tower soccer Uh, the again the format of this is going to be kind of evolving over time i'm sure but we hope you enjoyed it let us know what you thought about it and uh, we'll have another episode at some point in the not so distant future we would like to remind you to rate review and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and uh as always, come find us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at LVHero87. Jeremiah's at Bentley underscore ATX. We'd also like to encourage you to visit the Striker Texas website. Jeremiah, what's a, a good article for folks to look for this week?
0: Phil has a good article on the State of the state of the League from the, the Don Garber press conference and includes some quotes that we used uh, just a minute ago. And then it's got some other stuff uh, from about the 30th club team in the league and it's just a really good overall sort of overview of what to expect from major league soccer in the future
1: all right well thanks so much for listening we will be back next week with a new episode of moon tower soccer until then i'm Cottam. i'm jeremiah bentley we'll catch you next time no
2: one is around. muchas gracias bye bye